0: The illegal strike in Tswane is over, but is the capital of South Africa really back from the brink? We find out by speaking to Grandi Tienissen, the MMC for Community Safety. Welcome, Mr. Tiennesen. Good morning,
1: Ms. Stein. Thank you for the opportunity and good morning to your viewers. Please tell
0: us what the situation is right now after the strike has ended.
1: Um, Let me start by saying we are very glad. It's been almost four months that we had the strike. It had a serious impact on service delivery. Things are normalizing at the moment um, in terms of service delivery. Uh, We are getting there slowly but surely. Um, In terms of the finances, we took a knock because we had to... uh, contract people to do some of the services in the absence of employees, as well as um, our uh, income was jeopardized by uh, a poor uh, performance by the department who actually are responsible for um, uh, doing the credit control functions, etc. Uh, so in, in a nutshell, um, we are not in a better position yet. Uh, in terms of finances but definitely in terms of service delivery.
0: Talking about finances, um can you share with us the contents of the latest report from the financial disciplinary board?
1: Yes, um obviously it's a it's a, a confidential report so I can't divulge personal information but definitely I can touch on some of the issues. There were 33 instances that were reported of fraudulent or um, that type of uh, activities that took place over quite some time, a long period, and most of these uh, incidents uh, were historically uh, were, were were there dating back to 2013 and even longer in some of the cases. Uh, two or three of the ones I would like to highlight is the the one that's been in the news quite often and that's in terms of the prepaid meters provided by a company called Pew. Um, it's ended up in court. I think uh, Alfred Forum at that stage uh, took the city to court, and the contract had to be canceled in view of quite a lot of irregularities. That one was in the vicinity of about uh, 5 billion, uh, 3 billion rand uh, that the city that it cost the city. And what's worse at the moment is that uh, in view of a VAT problem that was not declared, the city has now incurred another $4 billion, uh in terms of VAT and uh, obviously fines that need to be paid to the receiver of revenue. So it's put the city back quite considerably in terms of finance and um, the report actually... Uh, Recommends that action be taken against the company itself to try and recover some of the money, and obviously officials who may have been involved have uh, and have been in- implicated through the forensic report. That's one of them. Hmm. Another one has to do with the actually upgrading of the city hall uh, way back in 2012. If I can remember correctly, um, it uh, 24 million rand was spent, but and paid for, but only 4 million rand of work was done. Two uh, prior officials have been uh, implicated in this, and the, the recommendation is that we take a criminal, a late criminal charges against them, and also civil charges to try and recover some of the money that we lost. One of the employees is still employed by the city, and what's more worrying is that these reports, forensic reports, and, and investigations that were done were lying in drawers or in in baskets, baskets for quite some time. Quite uh, this this one specifically I've just spoken of was uh, already done in 2015. So it just shows uh, that for many years the previous administrations. Uh, We're actually trying to hide some of these things. And these are the type of uh, uh, matters that actually put the city into this financial distress we are in. And we are fighting to clean up. We are fighting to bring those people who were responsible for these activities to book. And uh, we will be monitoring on a very, very uh, close uh, um, basis the progress that's going to be made on these um, different uh, findings that were made. And as Freedom Front Plus, definitely we are not going to stand back. We are going to ensure that those people who are definitely guilty of of this type of conduct be charged and the necessary steps taken against them also in terms of recovering the money for the city.
0: Where uh, does the city's finances stand right now?
1: Well, in the current financial year, we are budgeting. First of all, we've got an unfunded budget, which means that we cannot fund all our planned expenditure for this uh, for this year, if I can put it very plain and simple, of about 3 billion rand. Um, so we are trying to work and thaw through this and improve. Uh, we are currently also embarking on different programs to see how we can improve uh, the uh, income for the city. We are looking at the future budget. Uh, We are also going to incur some expenditure, but the nature of the expenditure will be of such uh, a nature that when we spend money, it must be with the purpose of either saving on expenditure, getting value for money, or to generate additional income. Now, one of the things that I can mention in terms of my portfolio where I'm involved in is to increase the number of fines that are issued to ensure that the fines are collected. Um, It was uh, under-collected in the past couple of years um, in terms of of various reasons, for various reasons, and we will definitely ensure that... uh, we, we get our money in and that the uh, over and above the matter of getting the fines uh, or issuing the fines, it's also crucial for us uh, to do proper law enforcement and to ensure stability and to create a environment where we can get investment. Now, that's the other thing that's been lacking for quite some time. Uh, investors were becoming despondent to invest in the city. Um, because of crime, because of uh, maladministration, because of just a lack of good leadership in the city, and that's one of the things that we are addressing already. Um, we have gone out now for request for proposals on the electricity or generation of electricity. There are also some other projects that are in the pipeline, um, which intends to get investments in for the city, and we are willing to cooperate with any institution or person persons who are willing to to bring uh back some wealth to our city creating stability in our city creating jobs in our city so that's uh, the program that we are embarking on to improve the situation you know it takes 25 it took 25 years to destroy the city's finances so it cannot be expected that we can recover everything within a year or two So it will be a slow process, but we are working as hard as we can, and we are having a very positive approach. And we've also got quite a lot of um, support from the community at large in this regard.
0: Talking about the crime situation in the city, what is happening with restructuring as far as community safety is concerned?
1: Yes. um, Also, I think one of the problems we had in the city is a lack of good leadership in terms of the metro police and the law enforcement in the city. So um, we were fortunate enough. It took us a year to appoint a new chief of police. For more than a year, we were without a chief of police and without a emergency services uh, chief, due to various reasons. We had to advertise the positions three times. Uh, every time it takes, uh, ev- with every opportunity, it takes quite a lot of time to to get these appointments done and the first round we were on the verge of conducting the interviews when legislation changed and previously it was a five-year term and then they changed the legislation to a permanent position which meant that we had to re-advertise and go through the whole process. The second occasion was um, earlier in in, in in this year when we had a change in the Mako due to the resignation of the former mayor. And the panel then uh, changed uh, because legislation governs how the panel must be comprised of and because of different role players, we had to re-advertise again. So the third time, they say third time lucky, we managed to go to the, through the process and we have now, I'm glad to announce that we have appointed a new chief of metropolis. Uh, Ms. Yolanda Faru, who is a well-experienced um, person. She came came through the ranks uh, from a traffic officer to the uh, deputy chief of police in the Cape Town Metro. Uh, from there, she then uh, applied for position and she established the Metro Police in uh, Nelson Mandela Bay or Berger as it's known nowadays. Um, so she 's got vast experience in specifically in the metro policing environment. The former uh chief did not have that type of um, experience. She was an ex uh, detective head in the south African police services and they, the, it is a different uh, circumstances, so we made sure that we appoint somebody with the right experience who's fit for purpose in terms of the um, a fire chief or the uh, chief of emergency services uh we've also got a very well experienced uh, person who is um been in in that uh environment for his whole life he's come from a he's been in the city for quite some time and it's the only person who was appointed from within the rest of the leadership was appointed um from uh, external sources so um that being said also in the metropolis specifically I'm focusing on on that right now in terms of the restructuring um we are look, we have two vacant positions of deputy chief that we are looking to fill as soon as possible and then a third position um that will probably be filled uh within the first month or two of the coming uh, of the of next year um that's uh a point uh, that will be a change of the top leadership within the Metropolis. Below them, there will be changes in terms of the, the way in which we um, actually manage the Metropolis. Currently, our mandate is that we have three different focus areas. The first is obviously traffic, the second is bylaw policing, and the third is um, uh, crime prevention. Now, in terms currently, it's regional-based uh, operations. In other words, the city has been divided into seven regions. Remember, we are the third largest city in the world geographically, 6,500 square kilometers. So the city was uh, divided up into regions. But the problem that I have and the vision is to change that, uh, still to use a regional model, but to have specialized people working specifically in the three categories that I've mentioned Uh, road policing or traffic policing, uh, bylaw policing, and thirdly, uh, crime prevention. Crime prevention also comprises of quite a lot of specialized units. For example, we have public order policing unit. Uh, We have a lot of uh, uh, protests in the city sometimes from time to time. So that's where these people are used. Uh, we've got a cable theft unit who specializes in um, doing investigations and preventing cable theft. We intend to establish a illegal um, electricity and water connection unit that will focus where all these illegal connections is. That's one of the other problems that we are having in terms of our finance. There is multiple, multiple illegal connections to both the water and the electricity network costing the city millions. So that will be a unit that will be specialized. We have a canine unit, a equestrian unit, as well as uh, which can be used in different manners uh, based on the nature of the the circumstances. And then, um, yeah, there's quite a couple of others that uh, I'm not going to mention right now. Then we are looking at establishing a community safety directorate. And the intention of that is twofold. Uh, firstly, what we want to do is to change our approach to a community-orientated approach. And in doing that, um, we are taking hands with the community out there. There are various institutions, for instance, the CPFs, the private security companies, neighborhood watches, and uh, a few others uh, similar to that. Now, what the directorate will do is to actually coordinate and to assist in bringing all these other resources together so that um, we we have strong, you know, I want to take a leaf from the springboks, but uh, together we are stronger. And and that would be one of the approaches um, to, to combat crime in the city, the community out there, the ears and the eyes. Um, the security uh, companies and the metropolis will be the enforcement arm of this of, uh, of this approach. In doing so, what we have done is we have a, uh, uh, we, are, we have the IMSD or the CIDs, as it's commonly known, City Improvement Districts. Um, currently, it's a very regulated environment and a very stringent. Um, rules in that regard. So what we intend to do there is to actually to bring a less formal approach and we, we are hopefully within the next week or two we will have a report uh, for the mico to to approve whereby um, uh, we will establish what we call a CUP, a, CUP, a, a Community Upliftment Precinct now, part of what we are, we will enter into a memorandum of understanding with the ECOPs, so it will be within a community, small portion, a, a, a non-profit organization supported by all the role players, which I've already mentioned, and one of the focuses will be uh, community safety, although um, the agreements or the memorandum of understanding will also make provision for um, other things like uh, Cleansing of the areas, upgrading of areas, painting of uh, uh, road marking, etc. So it's it's really a community upliftment program. So that will be the vehicle on the side of the community and on the side of the city. We will have the community safety directorate. So
0: you've been on some crime prevention opera- operations recently. What did you find?
1: Well, um, yeah, we've embarked on uh, cleanup. Um, since the new chief has given the instructions and has played a leading role in this, so we have looked at uh, illegal liquor traders within the CBD. We have con- confiscated over the weekend quite a lot of illegal um, liquor and made some arrests. Uh, we have also embarked on a program doing bylaw enforcement in terms of uh, 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 informal trading. Uh, spaza shops. Uh, we confiscated goods that had been expired. Uh, we know recently there have been quite a lot of reports of uh, deaths due to expired foods and and we need to combat that. So we've been doing that. We've also closed down some of these facilities um, and are in the process of closing down more. It's unhygienic. Uh, people are living in Terrible conditions within these spaza, some of these spa shops, so we're going to apply the full um, bylaws in that regard in terms of health, building regulations, etc. So we are busy with that. Um, we are also rotating it. We are not focusing only on one area. We are going throughout the city, as I said, six thousand five hundred square kilometers is very big. So we are working on different in different areas doing different operations and it will be a continuing program that's also something that we are going to address in terms of the restructuring and the intention is to establish a proper uh, multifunctional bylaw enforcement center bylaws are sometimes very specialized you've got um, uh, health Issues that need to be addressed, and I cannot expect a metro police officer to enforce health regulations without having the proper knowledge. So we need experts from health department, environmental department, building regulations, and uh, that type of stuff. So, so that's how we are going to combat and change things in making it a safe city, a better place for all the residents of uh, Toronto to live in. And for investors to come and invest in our city so that we can change uh, from the current situation, move forward and have a nice place to stay. Where you can take your children to school, where you can let them play uh, without having fear. Thank you. That
0: was Brandi Tiernesen, the MMC for Community Safety in Tswane, speaking to Biz News. <music>